Hello, you're listening to the Salty Witches Podcast. This is episode three, and I am accompanied by Austin. Hi. And the lovely Ariana. Hello. How's everybody doing? Good. Okay. It was an interesting week. A lot of, uh, a lot of weird shit going on around the shop. And uh, yeah, anyway. Today, I thought it would be kind of fun to talk about Witch Wars. Um, witch war? Ooh. Yes, witch war. Yes, yes. <laughs> no. Witch wars. Um, mainly because these are things I'm seeing popping up a lot in, well, basically everywhere right now. Like every pretty much social media application right now has somebody who's choosing to like pick a fight or, or try to raise hell with someone else. And most of the time it's really nothing more than, you know, ego salving and grandstanding. And uh, I surely don't really pick up a lot of power from any of these people. Um, I don't know. Petty. Petty, petty. Anyway, so let's talk about witch wars a little bit. So, what is a witch war? Austin, what's your definition of a witch war? My... Would you say it's, oh, sorry, not to interrupt, but would you say it's, like, how would you differ between a witch war and just witch pettiness? They're both really synonymous with each other. Uh, a witch war usually indicates, indicates to me um, that there are two parties who have power flinging things back and forth for one reason or another. However, most of the time that's not the case. So it has turned into pettiness. And instead of a witch war, it is a bitch war. And you say bitch war? Yes. And so it's very, it's very disheartening sometimes because it happens a lot in the communities whose wand is bigger whose stang has more decorated, blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, can't we just share incense recipes? Well, I mean, that kind of brings us to, like, you know, a, I mean, a good clarification on that is, you know, like, why why do people within the, the, the witch, the pagan, the occult community, people particularly who are, are, are magic users, witches, sorcerers, whatever they want to call themselves, why is our first go-to when we, like, get into a fight with somebody, rather than, like, handling that just through a course of, like, conversation and being adult about it the way that really pretty much anybody should, you know, why do we immediately have to go to, like, well, I'm going to hex you. I'm going to curse you. Like, what is that? Like, it's, it, it just, it seems like a very childish way to approach, you know, these kinds of situations. I mean, we're always going to have at some point a disagreement with somebody. And I haven't been in, I guess, the witch community as long as you guys have. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if this has always been a thing or if it's just oh, we're yeah. noticing it more because of TikTok, like what's going on with there. Which is but... can never play nice with each other. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I, that is very true. This is not really a, a new situation, but I think that it is something that is, we're much more aware of now because everything is so much more public. Everybody's mm -hmm. lives are all over the internet now. Well, I was curious if it had something to do with cancel culture as well. That, that actually, that's not, you know, that, that's actually, you know, that's not, not a, a bad thing to consider when you look at kind of what we're seeing right now you know we're 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 so divided in so many different ways now in our culture just as individuals and people and different types of practitioners and yeah i mean that would definitely i think maybe be something that could be a factor now and why we're seeing some of this now because now we can't just acknowledge like oh we just don't get along and move on now we have to basically like well if you don't agree with me on everything then i'm going to destroy you and, and and try to get everybody else around the situation to destroy you too. And yeah, that is definitely one of the negative components of cancel cultural uh, behavior. Well, 
when we look at witch wars historically, witch wars have been around since before witchcraft really came into the public eye. Um, we, we see, as Wicca came to fruition in the 60s, how this love and light culture and, and ye harm none and threefold law and blah, 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 came into being. And that's where uh, a witch, the witch war went from one witch attacked another witch magically for no apparent reason other than to potentially damage one clientele or to make themselves seem more powerful to now I'm just going to bitch about you. Because if I'm not flinging negative energy at you, nothing bad's going to happen at happen to me instead i'm just being a high schooler and we see that in a lot of social media like mike said where you have this well if you don't agree with me then you're wrong and it's like no we can disagree on certain things and um you know racism we can't we, we can't agree on that racism is racism is racism but if someone who practices traditional witchcraft is like, yeah, I don't believe in the threefold law. And then you have someone else come along. Oh, really good example. You do a love spell. Someone else comes along and is like, you're bad. This is dark magic. How dare you do this? And it's like, you don't know me. You don't even know the circumstances around the situation. And so it then becomes this petty fight. And it's just, it's it's exhausting. Which words are exhausting just in general but <sighs> now would you say like even before the whole um wiccan shenanigans that it came more down to like witches marking their territory or saying no nope, this is my spot now i, I would say definitely yeah. yeah i mean you read a lot of old stories um and even in in like you know nowadays i mean even within our own community here you know there's kind of this expectation that if you're a new witch that kind of moves into the area it's almost like like the the witches that are already here that are established like it's like there's this expectation that you're going to make the effort to go around to introduce yourself and kind of just make it very clear from the beginning like i'm not here to try to cause any trouble you know and and i could see how that would have something to do with like much older processes or much mm -hmm. older cultural kinds of things around like you know it's like this is just what you do like this is a handshake letting you know like i'm a friend i'm not here to kind of complicate anything in the area so yeah so i think that that is something that has also been like a, a piece of just of, of the witch culture for really a long long time i mean there are even stories and, and things that have been written about that in, in a lot of like like anthropological texts well anthropologically but also <clears throat> just historically from our familial lineages mike that's what happened in in, in our villages you know my my nonna was a centrifugal focus in our village when we when we were when we were back in italy and if another practitioner moved in from a different family um there was a meeting of sorts uh you know like I'm here because this is where I, w I have been, I've come and this is, I'm not trying to cause problems. But then there were the other ones who would move in and without fail. But we'll see what we're talking about, kind of, we're, we're kind of like getting off on a tangent now because we know right now what we're talking about is, you know, basically just like the, the process that anybody would have, right? Like it's like, you know, meet the neighbors, right? Yeah. Like, like we, you know, we, we're very different and we're coming from very, very different places, but we can both live here side by side at peace, right? So, I mean, and really, you know, like I said, we're kind of getting off on a bit of a tangent because what we're really talking about today is kind of the alternative. 
you know, those moments where, you know, we, we come up against another practitioner of whatever tradition, and for some reason, you know, we got beef, there's a problem, right? And, uh, you know, and I find most of the time that when there's, a, where's, that when there's like beef or a problem, most of the time it's like, it's over bullshit kinds of reasons. Like, it's not even a real thing. You know, it's not like this person has actually done something to harm you. You know, it really basically comes down to, well, you disrespect me because you didn't agree with what I said. Or, you know, or you just have these people, these witches in the community who feel like, like they just, it's almost like they just walk around all the time with a chip on their shoulder. Like they just always have something to prove. It's because I tend to see it's like those people who think they own witchcraft. And yeah. it's like no one really owns witchcraft. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's very true. So, I don't know. So, it's been my experience, at least, in 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 witch wars over the years. Some that I've unfortunately, unfortunately, been directly involved in. Not because I initiated them, but if you attack someone I care about magically, and I have it within my means to defend that person, and then beyond that, make sure that you can't do that again, I'm probably going to step in. You know, and so I've been directly involved in witch wars over the years and, you know, and I've seen a lot of other people get involved with witch wars that I, that I was like, nope, never mind, I'm out, you know, um, because it's not been my fight. It's not been something that I've been able to invest in in that way, you know, but it's been my experience in each of those situations, whether I'm directly involved or not, that it's such a huge waste of time. Nobody can really win in a witch war. Nobody wins in a witch war, you know? There's, there's no real way. Well, define win. Like Austin is shaking his head, but you but can't win if you're dead. Define win. I mean, I guess that's true, right? Like if you eventually, I mean, if you go to the extreme that you actually harm someone enough, an enemy in that situation mm -hmm. enough that they are unable uh, to defend against that or send something back your way, then I guess, uh, you know, technically, yeah, you won that witch war, but, but did you really win? Did you really win in that situation? Because I mean, there are probably a number of other ways that that situation <laughs> could have been resolved. There probably are, but when you've gone through the means of trying to resolve them as an adult, as another, as one practitioner to another with words and with communication and trying to handle it appropriately, and it still doesn't get resolved, and, it's and you still keep getting signs from your spirits that people are coming for you people are coming for you people are coming for you and we also have to remember that we shouldn't practice witchcraft from a first from a point of fear so just because someone disagrees with you just because you have a squabble with another witch doesn't mean that they're gonna fling something at you period i can't tell you how many times people have claimed that i have done something to them and i'm like I haven't even gotten to my altar to do anything yet today. Like, but do you find, okay, so that, that, that brings up a, a question I've gotten. I want to get both of your opinions on this. So knowing the way that, you know, psychologically, the way that humans work, mm -hmm. okay. If you, as a relatively new practitioner in the community, you know, if you are inclined to be fearful, mm -hmm. maybe through, uh, you know, maybe like a lack of knowledge about how things actually really work, or just maybe just by nature, you tend to be, you know, just fearful or kind of anxious. Mm -hmm. Um, could you see, or does it make sense that maybe like these constant, like petty bickering, like we're fighting, we're having a witch war kinds of things that move through so many of our communities much too much regularly and consistently. Could you see that those could be feeding into that fear, mm -hmm. right? I mean, if you're constantly looking at like, oh, there's a witch war going on and oh my gosh, I got a flat tire today. <gasps> I could, somebody sent something at me. I mean, it would make sense yep. to me that like that is going to 
you know, really kind of ramp up the fear oh, in, yeah. in a lot of these, particularly you get newer mm -hmm. practitioners well, who yeah. don't and, know how things work. And if you're a newer practitioner and you're ramped up in fear, chances are you're projecting it and you can be creating these things yourself most of the time. You know, the, 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 uh, we keep getting notifications of schedules, um, <laughs> and um. from, from the shop. Um, but we, uh, the thing is, is most of the time a hex or a curse, it takes a minute to get any practitioner who's going to do that to that point. And when we do, most of the time we're not shy about it. Like, you'll know, but in a witch war situation, it's just fear that gets played on fear that gets played on fear. And instead of it being magical warfare, it's usually psychological warfare. Very much so. That just seems exhausting to me. I just, it is. The it whole is. like fear thing. Plus it's like, if you're constantly thinking either, even just one person constantly attacking you, quote unquote attacking, or just everyone who comes in is attacking you, like, Maybe you should look at yourself and be like, mm -hmm. what am I doing that is that initiating has, this yeah, quote-unquote yeah, attack? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if it's like, oh, wait, maybe they're not attacking me. Well, that's what we tell <laughs> people. Like, when, when, when Austin and I, we teach classes and, and, you know, we teach classes on curses. We do. We teach classes on how to work effective curses. And one of the things that we really talk about in those classes is that if you are afraid, if you are afraid of being on the receiving end of a curse then that probably means at some point that you know that you probably have been an asshole and you probably deserve somebody's, you know, need for a little bit of vengeance, right? So we tell people like, you know what, if you're, you really, if you don't want to be on the receiving end of a curse, don't be an asshole, mm -hmm. you know? Yep. And even if there are people out there who have some reason to pick a fight with you, they won't have any energetic or moral ground. If you haven't really done something to bring that person harm, they can direct all the evil they want at you and none of that's really going to stick. You know, because it isn't justified. That energy needs to be justified in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one thing I have noticed when it comes to um, witch wars, and it is actual magical warfare. Um, because in this... So we're talking, we're talking spells are being flung. Yes, spells okay. are being right. flung. Um, it, it's almost like magical volleyball is what ends up happening. It just bounces back and forth and back and forth and back and forth um, particularly if both practitioners are warded properly are aware um, because most witches will just do return to cinders they're not gonna worry about oh i got hit and now i gotta retaliate they're just gonna go nope fuck you here's a mirror and it just bounces back and forth and what you'll notice a lot of the times though those practitioners won't be getting affected it's the other people and situations around them that pick up that energy. Oh, that like collateral damage. That collateral collateral damage. Yes. Sorry, I can't talk. And so, um, so that's one thing we need to be very, very aware of when we are, when this happens, is even if you think that someone isn't coming for you, um, or if you are in the midst of a witch war and you're very much aware of it you need to be very careful with how you re how you how you handle that because while you may be sending it directly back to the person who sent it at you there's other things along the way that could be getting affected and this includes individuals around you that you actually love and care about your animals could be picking up and getting picking it up and getting sick um you could be 
doing a whole slew of other things if you don't know what you're doing. If you have roommates or if you still live with your family members and Mm -hmm. if they're not practitioners, then Mm -hmm. they're not going to know. Yeah. You really, you do have to kind of consider all the other, the other situations in your life. If you are caught in a magical fight of some kind, if that energy for some reason is not going to stick to you, it it could potentially ricochet and hit something else. Absolutely. You know, you you really do. You have to kind of anticipate, you know, and again, I think that brings us back to the point of like, like kind of like that fearful mindset, Mm -hmm. like how much extra energy and how much extra time are you going to then have to do to like, make sure that the wards that you're casting and the defenses that you have are not just covering you, but they're covering your pets and your family members and, mm-hmm. you know, and God knows what else, you know, your job, you know, your car, you know, all these other things that could potentially be negatively impacted. But that's the other thing to consider too. If you are on the receiving end of somebody's ill will, if somebody actually casts at you, how specifically have they targeted that, that casting? You know, like, did they go for your health? Did they go for your money? Did they go for your relationship? You know, did they go for whatever, whatever they it is? just go for they, general discord? You know, yeah. Did they just, just send just a general thing at you? Which is never a good way to work. I'm just going to say this right now. If you're going to curse somebody, try to be specific. Don't just throw general bad luck their way because you're probably not going to see much of an effect on that curse. But, um, but then you have to be like anticipating, right? Like, okay, well shit, how did they attack me? Where am I seeing the trouble in my life? And is that trouble really the result of a curse or an attack? Or is that maybe trouble that was already there to begin with? You know, was my relationship already unsteady? Mm-hmm. Was I already unhappy at my job? Was I already struggling with my money? You know, um, and so it does, it puts you in that position, like where you're now really having to like think and think and think and think. And it really, it can, it can be very psychologically damaging, I think, for a lot of people. That I, I want to talk a little bit about the more common kind of witch wars that we see. And I think that this is, this is both a good and a bad thing. <laughs> Quote unquote, witch war. Yes, quote unquote witch war. Yes. Um, so, and like I said, I think this is more, this is both a good and a bad thing. This It's good that these are more common because in these kinds of situations, no one is at least really truly being like energetically harmed, at least not magically harmed, I should say, magically harmed. But these can also be witch wars that can be very destructive in other ways. And I guess what I'm talking about specifically is these these popularity contests that pop up where you've got two people on the side of whatever disagreement and they're not really working any kind of energy at each other other than the fact that they both have poisonous tongues. They're being petty. They're talking a lot of shit about each other. They're trying to ruin each other's reputations in whatever communities they're a part of, you know, and in the process, I'm sure they're probably flinging a lot of empty threats, you know, and, but but there really isn't much being accomplished. But even then, at the end of the day, those can be problematic situations because I've seen people's livelihoods and people's businesses and people's reputations be destroyed with that kind of activity. Um, and that's the downside, or I want to say the, the bad part, part of those kinds of situations is because that that's the kind of attack that you do that really does, once again, kind of ripple outward from that person. You know, you do. If people are willing to listen to the lies that are being spoken about you, there's not a whole lot you can really do about that. So I don't know. It's like I said, I think it's it's a good thing in that, that you're not really being impacted magically, but but on the bad side, you know, yeah, there 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 again there there could be trouble there. I don't know. That's that's been my experience at least that those are the most common witch wars that happen anyway. It's been, you know, a, a few times over the years where I've actually had interaction with people and that's that's been all they've had. That's been their power. Their power is all in basically the gossip and the lies that they can spread. Can you even really call that power? Not really, no, because it's just the way that they manipulate others, right? That's all it really is. 
playing the mean girls game. Yes, exactly. Yes, we're we're playing the mean girls game. So. Total Regina. Basically, yeah. Yes. Yes, don't be a Regina. Or a Janice. But we like Janice. I like Janice, yeah, but Janice was also like not very nice. Well, yeah, but she had reasons not to be nice. I know, but that, but that actually, because you know, of that's, that, that's kind of a, that kind of is another maybe, maybe good way to kind of bring us back around to our, our focus for this, this episode though, you know, we're talking about witch wars, the motivation behind that, right? Like when I see these people, particularly people who are very public about their witch wars, like, you know, like we see these creators on platforms like TikTok, you know, Facebook groups where fights break out, you know, amongst, amongst different posters, you know, I mean, you see these, these, these people and, you know, and when I see somebody talking about like, I did this curse and this is going to happen to you and how dare you disagree with me, you don't know how powerful I am. When I see those things, I don't see people standing in a position of power. I see scared, wounded children is what I see. <laughs> I see people who are, are you checking our equipment, Merlin? Manager number three is uh, making sure our microphone is functioning properly. Uh, I see, like, I see these these scared, wounded children is what I see. I see people who are, like, who are really, they're operating from a position of, of, of insecurity and fear and hurt, like trauma. Like, like what what better way to show somebody, like, I'm, I've been traumatized, I'm hurt, which is why I now feel that I have a right to hurt others. Well, what they're doing is they're fluffing up their feathers. That's what they're doing. Peacocking. They're peacocking. They're peacocking. <laughs> and... Oh god! I hope they. I hope we don't get bleeped for saying cocking. There's as long as you say pee before it. Pee Sorry. cocking. <laughs> so, but there's there's a point um, where if your if your entire identity and I've I have this conversation with a private student of mine. If your identity is if your identity and your craft are only centered around your social media and how you are perceived by other people who really aren't even connected to you, all you're doing is essentially peacocking. You have all these pretty flourishing colors, but when it comes down to it, that the the ugly little raccoon's gonna jump in and rip your fucking throat out. Like beautiful that, <laughs> uh, you know why 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 a raccoon? Because I raccoons are vicious. I love raccoons. And I feel offended. I okay. feel offended by this dirty you've made. dirty raccoon. What How about that? What dirty? They're dirty. <laughs> they're trash pandas. <gasps> I love them. That's racist. You're racist. <laughs> I love raccoons. Oh no, guys. The witch war. It's That's happening. right. All right, witch war. Witch war. How dare you say that about raccoons? That's it. I'm gonna curse you. <laughs> Me and my raccoon minions. Cute. Ugh, take you out. Cute. That's that's an interesting thing to talk about though for a sec. So you met and you brought this up a few minutes ago or minutes ago, Austin. So alright, so I know like okay, and I, I you know, I'm I'm not in any way trying to give people like a how to if you ever find hopefully you never find yourself. If you're listening to this podcast, hopefully you never find yourself in a witch war. Uh because, again, as we've said again and again already, like, nobody really wins in a situation like that. But I do know over the years, following up on what Austin mentioned a moment ago, that, you know, to avoid kind of, like, that that magical, like, like you know, back and forth that can happen if you actually have two experienced practitioners who are working against each other, people who know what they're doing. You know, I have noticed over the years that instead of actually kind of flinging shit back, I actually just do something and 
I just start to eat that person's energy. Like, Ooh, delicious. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, you continue to cast at me because I I know how to make sure that I just take your energy and use it for other things. So thank you so much for the power boost. Transmutation. Exactly. You know, I, I find that's a really effective way to deal with a situation well, like that. That's a really effective way to deal with it, but... Would you say that's a less way for it to, like, fling and hit other people yes. as well? Yes, because um, I'm still taking on the hit. I'm still taking the attack or the energy but I'm doing something or I've set up a spell that is instead going to turn that into something else. It's like, okay, great. You know, sure. It's like, I, it's, I kind of liken it to those situations where like Christians come at us on social media because we're witches. <laughs> and they're like, they're like, I'll pray for you. And people are like, oh no, don't pray for me. I hate you. And I'm like, no, please pray for me. I will gladly take your energy because I can use that for other shit. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. You know? Well, and, and this also ties into where if people are afraid that you're going to do something, how they just ramp that fear up. They are giving you so much power. So much power through means of fear that you're just like, okay, I gotta do something with this. And on top of that, when you're when you're spreading your drama, your particularly the witch talk drama, um, around social media. You are giving that other person power and depleting your own, which is why it's so important for witches, however experienced or inexperienced, to know their sovereignty. Sovereignty is so important, particularly in a witch war, because... Well, okay, explain that, though. So how, how do you associate the concept of sovereignty as a witch, which is a big component of traditional witchcraft? How, how, how does that factor into a witch war? Well, you have to, one, know yourself and know your power. But it also comes down to knowing the power of your spirits that you work with, which are, by extension, extensions of, extensions of us, essentially. So, as a witch, I'm a sovereign being, which means the, my world, where I live, what I do, I know directly influences that. I know that I have power and that my power can be used for whatever I need it to be. Which means, if someone's going to come at me, I have to take a minute and go, am I going to let you take my sovereignty? Am I, am I actually going to give you the time and energy to make, to, to, the, to the time and energy and be like, yes, you're attacking me. Oh, oh, I'm going to feel this. No, m chances are I'm going to go, uh-huh, that's nice. I'm going to go finish making some bread. And that's just going to fizzle out. So knowing your sovereignty is very important as a witch, particularly in a witch war. It also helps keep you in your lane. What if I want to own the whole road? Well, what if, I feel like, what if I feel I own the whole road? Well, then you're wrong. <laughs> witch war. <laughs> and, and it so, sounds Trumpian in nature. Trumpian? How <sighs> dare you use that word in this house? That's disgusting. Go wash your mouth out. Okay. Um, so getting back to, to ways to handle witch wars, you know, I was mentioning a moment ago and like actually turning that energy around, like using spells or workings of transmutation to take something negative and actually make it a positive, you know, um, and using someone that would be an opponent's energy, not against them necessarily, but to kind of boost your own, your, your own power. You know, one of the other ways I found, uh, is more effective to handle that kind of energy is actually to ground that 
You know, like just because something somebody directs something at you doesn't mean that you need to actually take that on. You can ground that energy, which I find is also an effective way to work with an attack because then it also you you it doesn't affect you. It also beyond that, it, it can't kind of potentially not that this always happens, but it then it also doesn't have the potential to kind of echo outward or ripple outward and hit people. You know, you're able to avoid that collateral damage kind of situation. So I don't know. What do you guys do? Like, what what do you guys? What have you done? Have you found that you've been on the receiving end of something? What has what's what's been your your process? What's your go to for that? When I was younger, I would take it, ball it back up, multiply it, barb it, and fling it right on back in their own energetic field. Okay, but <laughs> but that's that back and forth that we were just talking about. Uh, no, because if done properly, it will just adhere to them because it's their own shit. When you're doing a return to sender. You're not returning all their stuff. You still have your energy in it. But if you actually can take that energy that they're sending at you within yourself and manipulate it and send it outwards, it's going to hit them no matter what. Now, as a more experienced, older practitioner, I just kind of go with what you say. I ground it out. If I honestly feel truly that I have been attacked or something has gotten through, I just do a ground and a cleanse and move on with my life because it's not worth my time. So you've, you say you've, you've calmed, you've mellowed with age. I have mellowed with age, yes. One of the other good things to consider, since we're talking about witch wars, okay, and if any of you who listen to this episode are, you know, like I said, I would hope that you would never find yourself in a situation where you were dealing with this. And, and if you've already dealt with it, then I hope that you were, I hope you made it through unscathed. But, um, uh, but one of the things that, that is also good to bear in mind with something like a witch war is that very often we don't necessarily really know entirely who we're dealing with, right? Like it's, it's been my experience, like personally, I've seen this happen over the years where somebody who, you know, was really feeling their power, whether they deserve to or not, you know, decided to pick a fight with someone else who actually was a powerful and experienced practitioner Mm -hmm. And the person who started that fight really wasn't aware of what this other practitioner would really be capable of. And it, it bit them. They picked a fight with someone who was truly bigger and badder than they were. And they, they really suffered as a result, you know, and it can be very difficult. I think for those of us, particularly when we're interacting with people in a, in a, like that are, you know, like on, on like an online kind of a situation or over social media, like these are people, we don't know the details of their lives. We don't know what they're really capable of. We don't really probably have all the specifics and, and details around their tradition and their practice, you know, and yet here we are picking fights and it's like, we, we really, again, we really don't know what could potentially result from that. You don't know who you're dealing with a lot of the time and what they're prepared to do. Or what spirits they have. Exactly. Yeah. Like in our coven tradition, we work, with a particular family of spirits that are, that, that can be terrifying. Even, even for us, these are spirits that can attack us as members of the tradition. If we're not making good on the vows that we've made for, oh, yeah. for our, our, for the coven. And, you know, and they, these are spirits that I know over the years have definitely had my back. I've even told people over the years, like you are welcome to fling whatever kind of hex or curse you want to at me. I'm not even going to worry about it. I don't need to my spirits will take care of it. And depending on how you catch them, how you find them, not only will they take care of your curse, but then they're going to take care of you. I wonder if a lot of people see that as like cockiness. They're like, 
nothing. They they might, and the th- you know, and that's the thing. Is the thing is like in saying that, in no way am I trying to be cocky. You know, it's yeah. not like it's not like I'm saying like, well, I'm a bigger, badder witch, and my spirits are stronger than yours. It basically comes down to the fact that like I've done years and years of work to cultivate these relationships with these spirits that I know also function as guardians, and I know that they're gonna have my back. Mm-hmm. Well, and even then, even then, let's say someone who is bigger and badder somehow manages to get through these spirits and these wards. Our spirits, I'm, I'm a member of the same tradition. Um, it's not that they won't handle it. What they'll do is they'll go, okay, we have buffered this for you, but you have a responsibility on your end. And that's once again where our sovereignty comes in. As a sovereign being, we have a responsibility. Um, and that's where arrogance and cockiness and ego get in the way. Ego is important. Ego is healthy. But when you're... Well, certain manifestations of ego. That's what I'm saying. Certain manifestations of ego are important. They're healthy. But when you're going around and you're, you, you know, it's been six months since you've done a proper cleanse or clear on yourself or nine months since you've actually checked in with your spirits or your wards and then you're realizing like oh god i'm under attack your spirits have taken that break of like cool you obviously don't care why should we and so it's very important as as a practitioner and this is this is a conversation i've had with several people um i i will usually do a cleanse um and it all varies but i'll do like a cleanse and a a cleanse and a clear on the shop like once a month isn't that excessive no it's not because we have so many people who move through that space and yes it's warded it is protected but you just never know and sometimes those little nasties just kind of get caught in the energy and you're walking through and you're like oh i don't like that (laughs) and yeah, but that's that's like that's more within the realm of ambient energy. I mean, there's most of the time that's not directed malicious energy coming in. But if shop. people if people have directed malicious energy at them and they come into our shop, that can just bloop, that can just get dropped right off. Leaving that stanky energy everywhere. Well, and that and that's yeah. the thing is uh, that it comes back to you don't know how these other things are going to be affecting the, the environment around you. You could walk into your friend's house who is a very experienced practitioner, not knowing anything's attached to you, and then they leave, and the wards and energy that they've had and the spirits that they've set up in their space saw that as an attack and took it off, and your friend leaves just fine, and they don't have to worry about it. But now this thing is now in your space, and you're like, what the fuck? Now I have to deal with it. So ego is healthy to the extent that you know and trust your, yourself and your power and your spirits, but it can be unhealthy to, to the extent where you think you're the biggest, baddest thing out there and you're just not going to worry about having to do clears or clearing or wards or protection. Which, trust me, people on TikTok know that I'm like, stop with all the protection work. It's we're, not needed. Yeah, we're going to have to do an episode on protection, I think, just because that there continues to be so much confusion about that. Understandably, because there are so mm-hmm. many different practitioners and so many different traditions out there that have 
different views and practices around protection mm -hmm. specifically. And um, that's another fear-based thing I've noticed too. As well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we'll, we'll have to do an episode on protection magic and, and really the kind of the, uh, the best practices around that. I mean, regardless of tradition, we need the best practices around that. So, yeah. Well, have we, have we dished over, uh, witch wars enough? I guess I have one more question. Um, for someone who it's like they're, you know, feeling things are off and it's like they're trying not to buy into the whole like fear of I'm being attacked, I'm being attacked, I'm being attacked. What would you recommend for them to do to be, to kind of confirm the yes or no? Well, I, I mean, I, I'm always a big advocate for divination. Like I really, I think that if you feel that you've been on the receiving end of something, whether it be you know, the spell work of a, of a rival witch or an enemy of some kind, whether it be, you know, I mean, it, whatever. Or even it sometimes be. yourself. Yeah, exactly. Even yourself, because sometimes we are our own worst enemies, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, and so I, I'm kind of a big advocate for for divinatory processes. You now, know? with the di the divination process, mm -hmm. would you say they should do the reading themselves or go see a uh, professional? I'm going to say that there's a, I have a strong opinion on both of those. If you do the reading yourself, you're going to be biased, whether that is positively biased, negatively biased, or neutrally biased. And if that, if you have truly been under attack, and that practitioner is what, knows what they're doing, they could pull the wool over your eyes during a divination that you're doing on your own. Now, the flip side of that is, yes, you should go get a reading from a trusted practitioner. Not a light worker, not an angel card reader. That's why I gotta bring it up every time. Yeah, let's, let's, because, not, let's not crap well, on the light well, no, let, again. No, this I'm gonna crap on them because they facilitate fear. They facilitate fear. That is true. Because every single time someone has gone to a light worker or someone who's more new age um, with this bad things keep happening to me, bad things keep happening to me, what's happening, what's happening? The light worker's response is you have an attachment, someone has done something to you, you have a, a demon. witch a witch has put a demon on you, and then they come into our shop, they get a reading, and it's like, actually, all this work you've been doing to try and get rid of this thing, these bad things have been happening because you're projecting it. Or or a lot of the times, well, I'm seeing shadow figures. Have they have they hurt you? Yeah, it's your grandfather trying yeah. to Yeah, have they hurt you? No, they just make me super uncomfortable. Okay, but I, I'm gonna like I've got to play like devil's advocate here for a minute on that. Okay, so because that that is something that I think is prevalent in just about every little witch community or, or excuse me every spiritual community. I mean, mm -hmm. light workers definitely do that, and I think really the big reason for that is that light workers are basically the new Christians and they're afraid of everything. Mm -hmm. But um, but but I also see, and Austin, you'll be aware of this as as a conjure worker. I also see this is something that pops up really commonly in the conjure community. Yes. You know, I can't count the number of times I've had someone come to see me for spell work and they've told me like, oh, I went and got a reading with this person who claimed to be this thing, this person, whatever, you know, whatever their title, they're, they're, they're waving. And they told me that I had a, a demon attached to me or that I was un, under the influence of a, of a multi-generational family curse and that it was gonna cost them me like, like several thousand dollars for them to remove this from me. And I'll sit there seriously over the course of a five minute conversation and I'll be like, you're fine. You know, you probably need to find a new job. 
maybe you need to end this awful marriage that you're involved in because it's making you miserable. Yeah. You know, like there could be any of a number of mundane, like you know, things going on that could exactly. be explaining this. But but they've been preyed upon by these unethical practitioners, oh my these people God, who yes. are claiming to be something that they are not. And so this this fear based, you know, like like thing that we see is is something that is is prevalent in just about every little subculture. Every. Now, I'm gonna go more into this. How can you tell when a reader is ethical? Mike teaches an entire class on that. I, I do teach a class on, on ethics and, and best practices for people who want to be spiritual practitioners. It's a good class for people who also are kind of wanting to be a little more aware of what to look for. Um, you know, and I think that's going to be another episode that we'll have to do for the podcast. We'll have to actually really kind of like flesh that out and really talk about that, like how to really make sure that you're working with someone who's legit, you know. But uh, but I mean, really, you know, just just really quickly, I mean, you know, Research the people that you're working with. You know, if you go to someone or if you find out that somebody to offer, is claiming they offer a particular service, dig into that. Like, you know, talk to them. Like, where did you learn? Like Akashic who, Record who Readings? Who taught you? Yes, like Akashic Record Readings. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> dig into that situation. You know, like, who are you? Where, where did you learn to do this? Who else can I talk to? Who were your teachers? You know, um, do you have reviews? Do you have recommendations? Is there somewhere where I can actually read on the work that you've done for others? You know, where I can actually see that, yes, you are what you claim to be. Beyond that, you know, you go in and when interacting directly with that practitioner, if you choose to work with a practitioner, sit down and make sure that they understand from the beginning what it is you are there for. If they immediately start to go into like salesperson mode and they're trying to tell you like, oh, we need to do this and this and this and I can do this for you too and I can do this and this and this, then that probably is the first sign to you that that person is much more interested in your money than in helping you. You know, and so, you know, you need to be very careful, I, you know, as, as people who work as professional, like we're, we're all professionals in some capacity within the spiritual community, you know, we, you know, we, we, we have to be very, very mindful, but we also, I think, you know, have an understanding of how these things can happen, how easy it is for other people who are not ethical, mm -hmm. who are lying, how easy it is to take advantage of people who are in need or who are feeling fear. Well, another way to tell is if they, if they start reading you before, before you ask them to, that, that happened to me just this week in the shop, this individual came in I was working behind the counter and, and she just starts reading me and I am not the one. She well, wasn't she, just doing it to you. I think she was doing it to everyone. Yeah. The yes. I'm pretty sure everybody she interacted with in the store probably got that from her. And I am not the one. Y'all know this. And, again, and that is a very light worker mentality. And I shut her down so fast. And there were several customers like, thank you for doing that. I'm like, yeah, you're welcome. Because that's super unethical. You know, I, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna drop any names, but a particular medium who is on some sort of island and has some sort of television show, who walks around the supermarket, walking up to go, your grandfather's talking to you. Yeah, like he's just saying these things. Oh. He's telling. He's he, he's telling you you need to find the necklace. That's unethical i'm sure no one listening to this has any idea who you're talking any about idea <laughs> any idea and that's you know so, so much unethical. of that shit is staged right? i know it is I mean, but so still is but staged. still people watch I've these actually things seen it like in person not quite this yeah. particular person but i went to another store and just saw someone like being like oh i have to tell you this and this person just kind of like 
not really sure how to take it. And they're just yeah. like, okay. And then they're like, can I just do a quick cleansing on you? Which I'm just kind of sitting in the corner laughing. And I'm like. Yeah, like, get the fuck away from me. Sorry, it, just, luckily, it wasn't me. It was like yeah. some other customer. Well, I mean, we do, we do that like, work. We, we do that work. We believe in that shit. But I've had people approach me like that over the years. And the first thing that goes through my mind as a witch and as a professional psychic is not, oh, yeah, I believe in what you're telling me. It's, you're probably a crazy person. Get the hell away from me. Yeah. You know? And I mean, and I think that's just a very human kind of response, right? It's like, you're a stranger. One, I, I really don't want to be talking to you because I don't know you. Two, uh, I'm not entirely sure that I believe what you're telling me. And three, no, you can't do energy work on me because what the hell is your energy like? I don't want to share that kind of connection with you. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, especially if they think any spirit you're working with is negative or dark, then... Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, like, you have a dark spirit. It's like, well, actually, I'm in connection with the spirit that you're talking to, and that actually is a spirit that helps to keep me safe. That's a guardian spirit I you're work with. with. a dark entity. Yeah, she's called Hecate. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. <laughs> well, and, you know, and that, that's, again, that's another example of, of, of the, uh, I think of some of the bias that you see in particular communities. You know, we, we've used that word quite a bit now, but, like, dark. You know, I was having a, a bit of a, a tiff uh, online yesterday with somebody who started to basically uh, hurl judgments and, and, and rip on some information that I had posted about doing love spells. And, and you could see, you could see the bias in this woman's comments, you know, like she's talking about things like black magic and dark magic. And how many times have we talked about those terms, those words in particular, being, one, one terribly outdated, and two, definitely, I think, being rooted in some, some very serious, like, like racist kinds of mindsets, you know? Yeah. Like, Anytime like, someone says they're a magic? white witch, I'm like... Oh, God. Why you gotta bring skin color into it? Yeah. <laughs> well, people who come into the shop, they say, like, I'm a white witch, and it's like, you know, and I always want to, like, look at these people and go, yes, you're definitely very white. <laughs> like, I can see, without a doubt, you're standing here in front of me. You are a very white person. And it's funny, because they almost follow it up with, like, I don't do any hexes and curses, because they see, like, the look on our face, which is probably this, like, oh, my God sleeve they're like oh it's confusion i need to explain and yes. it's like no you really don't yeah it's like no, no I, I, I yeah all you that's all you had to say i know exactly who you are now uh-huh yeah so we need to quit using the phrases black magic and dark magic they're, they're or white magic or white magic yes Good magic like yeah because white what magic mean? is yeah white magic is not all is not love and light Anybody i mean if history shows is, white magic is evil so well, I mean, that whole line, like, what is wow. chaos for the fly is normal for the spider. That's true, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, so, Morticia Adams. Yeah, we all, yes, we all have different moral and ethical compasses, yeah. right? We all do, yeah. So it's so. like what someone might define as good, someone else might be like, actually, I don't see that as good, so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I, we had this conversation with, um, with actually one of the readers in the shop the other day. They were talking to us, and I was like, so you believe that everything has, they, they use the term karma, and I corrected them and I said, so you believe that everything has a reaction. Every action you do or perform has an equal and opposite reaction. It's it's a law of physics, you know. If I walk up to you and I punch you in the face, you're probably <laughs> going to punch me back. Unless I punch you hard enough to knock you out. I'll probably cry, but yeah. You know. Yeah. You know. Like, oh, why'd you hit me? <laughs> so these, that. The safety word is pineapple. <laughs> Sorry, Ariana started it. <laughs> it's a thing now. The safe word is pineapple. You heard it here, folks. 
That's ours though. You can't use that. You have to come up with your own safe word. Those of you who are listening, you can't use pineapple. That's ours. <laughs> Go on. Austin, you were speaking. But I thought pineapple meant I was supposed to shut up. <laughs> oh, was that what I did? Oh. Oh God, now you've thrown me. I'm, I'm not entirely sure where we're at or what we're talking about now. But anyway, so equal and opposite reaction. And I had to, ex- I was explaining to this individual like, well, if someone decides to come for you physically and you physically cannot retaliate to this person for whatever reason, um, that means that there's still an energetic equilibrium that needs to be fixed or an energetic imbalance, sorry, not equilibrium, that needs to be fixed and brought balance to. And if that balance is, I'm going to get a black penis candle and some saltpeter and some black-headed pens and black pepper oil, then so be it. Huh? Everything has a consequence. Exactly. Right? Good or bad. But consequences are not karma. No, they are not. I think, I think we, we all of us are, are aware here that the, the westernized, the, the contemporary concept of karma, at least here within our area of the world, is really, really screwed up. Mm-hmm. What most people identify as karma here in the U.S. is really... Is just you wow. receiving your comeuppance yeah. because you were an asshole. Exactly. Exactly. That, that is not at all what karma is. Or you making the right choice to take the freeway instead of And if you're a traditional it. witch, you're not going to believe in karma anyway because no. there is no concept of karma in traditional witchcraft. If no. you choose to bring a concept like that into your practice, that is wonderful, but that is your choice and it is a very personal one. But it's not something that you should be visiting on others. I can't... I, I, just, I get so frustrated with all that that rule of three law of return karma crap when people bring that That up wasn't even originally something yeah. that was in the Wiccan read. The original read had nothing about the law of three or the law of return or, or harm none or anything like that. Let's switch gears because we're, we're, we're getting close to about an hour here already in, our, in this episode. What are some things that we're seeing, like, in the witch community? Like, just conversations, things of note, you know, moving away from witch wars, of course. We, you know, we've, I think we've hashed that out enough. What are some things that we've noticed lately that just really continue to be either, like, goods or bads? Like, the good stuff, the bad stuff that we're noticing. I'm noticing that there has been a large, uh, a huge increase in people wanting to actually verify sources. I've actually been noticing that. And I like that, and I can appreciate that. Um, but also, what I'm not noticing, what I'm also noticing, is there are a lot of people who have, who, who, who tout certain things and do certain things a certain certain way, and then proceed to just say that that's the one and only way. And that really kind of bothers me. Um, I mean, there's this idea that there's no rules in witchcraft, and that's true to, to a, a certain extent. But you know. There are some old spells that require um, a woman putting her menstrual blood in her man's food to keep him faithful. Delicious. And, you know... What he doesn't know won't hurt him. (laughs) And, you know, that's some old craft and it's powerful, but there's so many things that could be wrong with that. You know, diseases, allergies, stuff like that. And... There, so there are most definitely certain guidelines we want to follow. Wait, are you implying that people are allergic to menstrual blood? I mean, possibly. <laughs> so, I mean, I had this conversation. I thought about it. These this conversations have happened so much. I'm I'm liking that people are actually doing their research and verifying some 
so like example herbs but i see so many people just using the same three herbs over and over again and that's great you're building a relationship with them but you're not you're just because this is what you've been told and so you should actually probably like start to build a relationship with those herbs and those plant spirits hmm. and that's been lost to the ages because we have things like you know wonderful books like in uh, cunningham's encyclopedia of magical herbs wonderful books wonderful references and you can look up like oh these herbs are good for protection and you know basil does this and that's really awesome but have you actually sat and decided to form a bond with that plant spirit have you actually ingested that plant spirit and know what it tastes like please don't do that if it's a poisonous yeah place. don't yeah. do that <laughs> or you know do and you know <laughs> figure it out <laughs> figure it out for yourself because yeah witchcraft doesn't come with warning labels if you're if you're not prepared i you know i work as an herbalist in our shop and i uh, you know all i'm gonna say is if you're not prepared to actually do the research into the the plant and the herb even just the the scientific research that has been done into the plants and herbs you shouldn't be using them because you could potentially be working with something that could be toxic it could be something that could could bring on an allergy an allergic reaction i mean there there are a lot of things that that are are, are tossed about particularly around herbs in in the witchcraft community and so much of what's said is is really being spoken by people that have no kind of formal training or real knowledge on what that herb does or, or what it could potentially do and herbs are going to impact everybody in such a different way they really they can mm -hmm. you know and uh so you know you, you do need to be very careful with that particular kind of practice but, what are we well, actually talking yeah. about herbs and the previous conversation mugwort was a thing that was like super popular and oh it's a source uh, another thing where it's like people aren't doing their full research i have as well i have never in my years of practicing and working in shops, have I ever had to ask someone now, are you going to ingest this herb? How much, what are you planning on doing with it? And having to have that conversation with them. I've, I've never had to have such lack of faith in the intellect of another human being where they purchase something like mugwort and I have to go, are you going to ingest it? Yeah, I'm gonna boil the full bag, like the full bag you're giving me every day. What? You're gonna take three tablespoons of mugwort and drink a cup of that. That's super concentrated. Well, I saw it on TikTok. <sighs> <laughs> and, 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 and it has gotten to the point where, like, I, I remember I worked in one shop where it's like you had to gauge, like, okay, is this person gonna be gonna be dumb <laughs> like if they're gonna be dumb we're out of that herb like and, and that's that's horrible but like I, I 16 I had someone come in and they were looking for this is back when you could get belladonna and sell it in, in, in your shop and this person came in and they asked for belladonna and this is around the time when Mag practical magic had come out or was you know getting popular again and I was like these bitches and like I could just tell, like it was the full aesthetic, and I was like, they're going to put belladonna in tequila, and decide that they're just going to go off into Nine Nine Land. And I had to tell them no. They're like, well, we see it behind the counter. I'm like, nope, that's just for display. So I had to tell them like, no, no, we we don't carry that. I'm sorry, that's just display. Because 
You can't trust people to be smart about things. Well, some people. Not everybody. So yes, mugwort does help with some things, but it is also toxic in large quantities. Particularly for women. Yes. So I like it as a tea. I'm one of those strange people. But I only drink it every now and then and when I'm probably going to do more something along the lines of astral work, dream work. But I've done that research, I've connected with that plant, and for those using it for certain medical issues, stop. Please go see your doctor, because unless you're talking to a doctor or someone who really knows what they're doing with herbs, you are going to do more harm Mm -hmm. than anything. Well, it's something that Mike says all the time, more is not better, Mm -mm. you know? And so... If you are bound and determined to utilize herbal medicine, sure, books are great, but don't talk to the doTERRA rep or the Young Living rep oh, God. thinking that they're going to be able to give you some legitimate answers. And this happened so many times when, because, hi, we're in Utah. We're in the epicenter of MLMs. Um, <laughs> and I was, I was doing my undergrad, and I was in the voice program, and someone actually said... Well, yeah, just take this concentrated dose of a particular oil blend that has cinnamon bark in it as the largest component and just drop it on down your throat. Not even that. Like, they were saying that you could easily just put it on your skin. Yeah. And when I started talking to one of the reps and I'm like, I actually read an article, like, no matter the essential oil, like, do not put it on your skin. And they were like, no, that's wrong. Ours is fine. It's, like, the best. And I'm like, that's not what I... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and yeah. Well, I mean, you have you have to look at the source, right? It's like you know, they're they're going they're going to continue to fall back on the product because that's their living, right? Like they're not going to tell you, oh, you're right, yeah, you shouldn't use this in this way because that means they're not going to get the sale, right? And they're more invested in the money that they can make from you than your well being at that point. At least yeah. that's been my experience with those kinds of MLM salespeople. Well, it's also another lack of research too. Yeah. Yeah, that is very true. Yeah, Austin mentioned that. Yeah, like it is. It is nice to see kind of an uptick in people actually, you know, looking for reference and and actually trying to to validate and verify some of the information they're getting. I'm very happy to see that. You know, we talk to people quite a bit about you know being accountable for that and you know following through and uh, you know and, and applying some critical thinking, even to the information that they're they're learning is 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 valid and true. Like, it's actually been proven, whatever the information may be, to still apply some critical thinking. Like, you know, because that still means that you have to then consider, okay, how does this now fit into my life? It may be true, but you still have to look at how it fits into your life. Looks like we've reached about an hour. We have. We're we're about at our time. I don't know. Does anybody else have anything, any last thing they want to say? Is there anything we didn't didn't talk or or cover today? At least as far as plenty, but those are for later. Exactly. Later episodes. That's true. That's true. Yes, we will. We will do do more episodes, and we've we've been we do been doing these at least now like weekly, and I don't know if we'll we'll continue at that rate. Um. I don't Just know. like witchcraft, it will be chaotic. Yeah, it will be out a, when it's out. I mean, I'm having fun doing these each week, but, uh, yeah, but, uh... <laughs> we also have lives. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, yes, we do. And we businesses to run. Yes. Yes, yes, um, exactly. Now, sure. if you haven't hit the like button, the share button, and the follow button, please do so. That helps us make sure that we have more followers. And, I don't know, maybe we become a, a, a pretty big 
pretty big podcast, we might actually somehow get some sponsors at some point, which would be awesome. Yeah. But we're not looking we're not looking at that anytime yeah, soon. Yeah, I'm not really as concerned about sponsors right now. I, I, I do look forward to having some different personalities and different voices on the podcast, and that'll happen anyway. I mean, in, in the next few episodes, we'll have uh, Vlad on here. I'm sure we'll get Chris to join us at some point. And uh, we, there are a few other people mm-hmm. in our crew that I'm sure would have some really cool info to share. But if you do uh, like us, you know... Hit the like button. Like us, top rate us, however the rate system is, mm-hmm. comment. I guess that's how you boost these things. Yeah, yeah. Well, and <laughs> so, continue to contact us. There are multiple ways to contact us. You can contact us through most of our social media feeds. Um, we're we, on Facebook, yeah. Instagram, Facebook, and Instagram, TikTok, TikTok. TikTok. Um, we have a website. Twitter, you can contact you. us through our website. And, and really, you know, in contacting us, I mean, ideally what we're looking for is we're looking for the things that you want to talk about. You know, we always have a lot of ideas and, and we, we certainly do pay attention to what we're, you know, seeing is going on and, you know, and that, that's always going to be stuff that we're going to want to talk about. But we do also want to make sure that we're here as a resource for you who are listening. So, all right. Well, we go ahead and sign off for the day. Thank you guys. Thanks, Ari. Thanks, Austin, for, yeah. Yeah. for joining in again today. And we hope the rest of you enjoy the uh, the rest of your day. Thanks so much. Have a good day. Bye. Bye.